Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Ultimately, unresolved conflicts hinder the spreading of the good news. You see, a person that's fighting within the church has no energy to go out and witness. By the way, if you're an angry, bitter individual because of some unfortunate situation, which may have been almost none of your fault, but if that's part of you and you're out there and you're saying to your neighbor, come to church, we have a great church, everything is really great, and, they, and inside they're gonna say this, they would never say this to you. They're gonna say like, so I can become like you? In the Bible verses Pastor Mark is teaching from, the Apostle Paul took the extraordinary step of publicly calling out two women, urging them to settle their personal spat. The reason Paul did that was because their disagreement was poison to the local fellowship and a terrible witness to the world around them. Are you at odds with anyone in your church? If so, you should learn from this passage and do what you can to make things right. In the end, it's not about you. You are here to do the will of God and to build up his body. It's time to put the hurt aside and get things right with the other person and with God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part 3 of his message. Stand united for the sake of the gospel. What is the spiritual purpose? Why was Paul writing this? Turn with me to Romans. Paul wrote this book as well. Back just a few books, Romans 15. Romans 15. Romans 15, Paul wrote this. You see, not only do we have one head, which is God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we have one purpose, and it's to submit to that head, because he's the all-knowing God. Romans 15, verse 5, look at it. Now may the God, who gives endurance and encouragement, give you a spirit of unity among yourselves, notice this next word, as you follow Jesus Christ. I can't be doing my own deal and expect to be in unison. Notice, so that with one heart, And one mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that spirit of unity simply means these words, united with one purpose. It's a picture of a team. So, next thing you want to write is this. Unity comes from the sameness of purpose. Now, the Bible tells us my main purpose is to bring glory to God to magnify him, to exalt him as Lord, and to submit to his wise leadership. Unity enables us to function together as a team, and we focus on God's purposes, not my purposes. See, these two ladies are focusing on themselves. Now, 
Here's one I want you to write down next. You know this is a principle, but here's the common purpose that we have. Notice, God's purposes focus on three things. Our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, and how we use our time. It needs to be focused. Our time, because we're pilgrims, should be focusing on my relationship with God, relationship with other people. So that means in and out of the home, at work, good employee, all of those things, all the things that we have to do, shopping, enjoy eating, all the, we do all of those things to the glory of God. We're trying to make God look good. If you and I are here and we have a relationship problem with one or more people, what does that do to those purposes of God, people, and the use of our time? Satan knows what happens when we refuse to submit to God. When we're out there and one leg's going this way and the other leg's going that way, we're not in unity. We're not doing life as a team. And here's what happens. It's happening with these two women. When I'm in a relationship that's broken, the first thing that happens is I lose my unity with God, my oneness with God, because I should be listening to the Holy Spirit, God speaking, and I should be trying to reconcile the differences. So if I'm refusing to do that, these two ladies did it, then my relationship with God automatically is affected. In fact, the Bible says it like this. If you have sin in your heart, you know it's sin, you don't repent, God doesn't hear us. Because he's not interested in your prayers, he's more interested in your heart. So get your, get your right, repent, and then he'll answer your prayers. Well, the second thing that happens is this. Individually, when I'm hurt and I'm doing all these kind of things and I'm at odds with somebody, not only does it affect my relationship with God, but next it causes me to waste a lot of time. You know what happens? Hurts lead to unforgiveness, which lead to anger, which lead to bitterness. And what happens? My time is always focused on all the junk that's going into my heart. And I become a very angry person. I become a very bitter person. And third, when I stop focusing on other people, it's because I start focusing on myself. So my relationship with God is affected. My relationships with others is affected. I don't want to be around other people. And my time is wasted because who am I only thinking about now? Me. You know what it's like. I want you to write two statements down today. Here's the first one. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And God wants us to get over that. Because while you're hurt, you will hurt people. The next one you want to write, forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. Now, Satan knows those principles I've just given to you, and he loves it. Mr. Potato Head here is just like God designed. An amazing, complicated, unique, diverse group of organs and whatever that have a living, purposeful, healthy life. The arm is so different from the toe and the mouth and the nose. and It's just so different. But they, they function together. That's the way God's designed it. And he designed the spiritual body the very same way. We're so very different, all of us. We have all of these gifts that are, well, just unique and different. You know what that's like. 
Now, what happens in this body physically when we discover a cancer in Mr. Potato Head? What is a cancer? What is a cancer that happens in our life? A cancer is just a group of cells, initially one cell, a group of cells that begin to grow and do their own thing. And if not checked, it brings disunity. Things don't function right. It brings disease. And if we're not careful, it brings death. That's exactly what Satan is after. Satan is like a cancer. And he uses these everyday things where we just get upset. And unresolved conflicts affect us physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And just like cancer, it affects every part of that person. And these unresolved conflicts in myself, it drains all my energy. And it drains the joy that I have of life. You see, I'm hurt now. I'm angry now. I'm bitter now. I was taken advantage of. And my joy is gone. And my energy is gone for life. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. The last thing you want to write is this. This is Satan's ultimate goal. He wants to make you miserable. He wants to divide the church. This is his ultimate goal. Ultimately, unresolved conflicts hinder the spreading of the good news. You see, a person that's fighting within the church has no energy to go out and witness. By the way, if you're an angry, bitter individual because of some unfortunate situation, which may have been almost none of your fault... But if that's part of you and you're out there and you're saying to your neighbor, come to church, we have a great church, everything is really great. And and inside they're going to say this, they would never say this to you. They're going to say like, so I can become like you? You're angry, you're bitter all the time. Oh, come on over to our house, we have a great marriage. Yeah, I've heard that the last few nights. And I'm not making fun, but I'm just saying this, why would I want to have a marriage like you? Satan knows exactly how to stop the building of the kingdom of God. That's why Paul in the Bible commands us to do everything we can do to live in unity with God and other people. Would you turn to 1 Peter chapter 3? 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, toward the end of your Bible, and Go to verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Now watch this. Finally, all of you. How many is that? All of us. Live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this... You were called so that you might, when you get the thing resolved, inherit a blessing. Now, let me ask you a difficult question. Who's writing these words? Uh, The clue is the name of the book. Who's writing these words? Okay, it isn't Mark, it's Peter. So Peter's writing these words. Let me ask you a question. Pastor Mark, you mean the Peter, the impulsive, strong-willed, prideful, in-your-face, personal Peter, the Peter that cut the guy's ear off? That's the Peter? Yeah, but look at the words he's using. Love, harmony, sympathetic, compassionate, humble. That Peter? 
Yeah. Well, how did that happen? God changed Peter. I couldn't be that kind of a person. No excuse now. You see, you might have that in-your-face personality. We're all different. But if you submit to the head, God can even make you with that kind of personality. I'm a 4A kind of a guy. I'm always going for it and whatever. But I try to have this. Be in harmony. Be sympathetic. By the way, the greatest way for you to be sympathetic, go in the hospital yourself. Have a surgery. And you'll be sympathetic every time you visit somebody in the hospital. Because you'll know what it's like. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate. Be humble. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. So actually all the disciples were very different. They learned to flow together and united. Why? Because God provides great diversity but requires dynamic unity. This body, Mr. Potato, is amazingly diverse. So is mine. But it flows together with dynamic unity. Paul says, have the same mind. Think the same way that Christ thinks. Be flowing together in unity. Love one another. Humble yourselves. Forgive and forget. I want you to write these down. So the first key to having good relationships with people in and outside the church is submitting to the one head. It's God through the Holy Spirit. Next. Unity also comes from love and humility and forgiving or forgetting. That's what Paul was saying, and that's what Peter is saying. Now, let me explain a couple things very quickly to you, and then I'm going to give you a little uh, chance to reflect on the teaching this morning, to put it into practice. When possible, trying to resolve a conflict, when possible, do it in person. Do it in person. Second best choice, if if they're too far away, you do it by telephone. Really, the worst way to do it is by letter or email or Twitter. (laughs) We make a thing in in the office here, especially when we're talking about big issues. We never solve any of those things on email. You ever get an email? Nice letters are going around, and there's a big one, big bold letters right in the middle. Well, you, why did they bold in that one? You already know, well, they're mad at me, and here comes another problem. They're trying to solve it, and you make it worse. So try to do it that way. Second, notice I said forgiving and forgetting, or forgiving and let go. What's going to happen? People ask me, and I think it's a good question. What happens, Pastor Mark, if I go to somebody, and you'll see this in a moment, and uh, this is somebody that's abused me physically. Do I have to forgive them? Yes. Do you have to live with them again? No. Let me just give you another example. You're in business with somebody, and you're in a partnership, and the individual drains the account. You have millions and sends it to an offshore account. You don't know this, and you have to file bankruptcy. You're out of a job. He's on an island somewhere. Do I have to forgive him? Yes, I do. Would I go in business with him tomorrow morning? El stupido, no. (laughs) When I go and ask somebody to forgive me, it may not have been my fault. You're going to see these keys in a moment, but that's what Matthew 18 says. I'm to take the first step. I don't like that. 
We'll learn that one of my biggest problems in bringing peace and unity in my relationships is my stinking pride. I have it. I know you don't have any of that. That's what keeps us. And second, as you're thinking about this, when I go and ask forgiveness, when I do the right thing, let's say one of the ladies went to the other one and she did the right thing and the other lady says, thank you. Here's what I hate. When I do this, the other person says to me, I've been waiting for you to come and ask me. Thank you very much. Now we're in round two, right? No, I have to just go, well, I was wrong. And usually when it's not my fault, I'll try to say this. You know what? For some reason, obviously, I've hurt you. I honestly don't know what it is, but I ask your forgiveness. Is that hard? That's like impossible. But you're going to see how it's possible. So when you're working through these situations, remember, I only do what I can do. I can't, unless you, let's say you go to somebody and you ask forgiveness. And they go, well, thanks a lot. I've been waiting for you to do it. And they say, I accept your apology, but I don't want anything to do with you or whatever. I don't accept your apology. What can I do about that? Nothing. It's okay. I've done my part. Careful. Watch your heart. You know, the best thing to do after that is pray for them. Because guess who's miserable? They are. You're freed. You're freed. Now, I want you to uh, just put your books and stuff away, your Bibles. And I want to speak to you from my heart the next four minutes. You see, the Bible is given to us for application. It's not given to us to have nice thoughts, nice ideas. Some of you here and right in the middle of a mill. If we could put on a screen, it'd be very interesting. Without names, the disagreements that you're all in, you'd be amazed from A to Z. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm doing fine. I'm not in. I don't have any. Everything's just flowing right fine. Just wait. Do we live like in a free, uh, a free contention zone? Do, do you know where one is? I'd like to find it. No, we live in a real world, don't we? With real people. Now, I'm going to go to the last verse that I have for you because this eliminates all my excuses. In John 15, remember I said to you, as you look at that, this verse is about a relationship. Jesus says this, I'm the vine. Every Christian is a branch. You're in the vine. A branch in the vine gains all its strength, all its nutrients, all the fruit that comes from it. It's because of the relationship with the vine. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, you have a vibrant connection with God. You're speaking to him. You're having devotions with him. The word is speaking to you. And I and them will produce much fruit. Some of the words I had you write, love is a fruit of the Spirit. You can't generate love to go to somebody and ask their forgiveness. You and I don't have that within us. But my relationship with God is right. I have it. Will produce much fruit. Here's the key. Apart from me, you can't do anything I'm going to tell you. So it all comes back to that vibrant relationship with God. I close with these. And this is for you individually. It's not for a corporate group. It's not for your spouse or wife. What? This one's for you here. No, this is for you and I. Here in this church and in your personal relationships with other people outside the church, do you today have an unresolved conflict 
and a broken relationship. This broken relationship will not solve itself. To be honest, it usually gets worse. That's why Paul jumped in there and mentioned their names. You need to listen to God, your head, the Holy Spirit, and respond to his wisdom. You are going to have to be willing to change, even if you don't think it was your fault. You need to be willing to humble yourself and take the first step toward reconciliation. See, Matthew 18 says the mature believer, the mature believer is the initiator. And he goes to the other person and asks them to forgive you, even when it wasn't, you believe, your fault. And yes, regardless, you will need to be willing to forgive and forget. Or forgive and release the hurt. Don't take it back home with you. Because the enemy will bring it up again. Now, can I do those things? Yes, I can. Because bottom line, my head has the answers for everything in my life. And it's not my physical head. It's the God who created you, who lives in you. He, has, he wants more than anything for you and I to live in freedom and unity and joy and power. Because the church functions beautifully and the world hears about Jesus Christ. Now, one day Jesus is on the cross. Remember his prayer to his father? Father, forgive them. Who took the initiation? Jesus did. They've nailed me here, but Father, forgive them. You and I cannot do that on ourselves. Don't kid yourself. But I can do it through the Father. So I want to challenge you this morning. I'm going to pray for all of us because we all have them. If you have situations, would you go this week? Let the Spirit speak to you. Do whatever you need to do and ask God to help you reconcile it. As you do, if you get a response one way or the other way, just give me a small little email. I don't need the details. I don't want the details. You say I did this, this, and this, and God's help. Now, remember, if you do this, and you do the right thing, and the other person just isn't interested at all, you're free. And many of you have never been free for a long time because it eats you up from the inside. Paul had to write it because these two women weren't free. And pretty soon it was going to affect all their relationships in the church and the outside. And Paul says, for the sake of the gospel, come on, get united, fix it. And God can help you fix it today. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you that you need to focus on God's purposes, even though you've been hurt. You were given tips to help you deal with hurts that have been done to you. And you were encouraged to reach out to those you've hurt. All of this is so that you can do your part to strengthen the body of Christ and be a witness to the world of the restorative power of Jesus. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the second session of his teaching, Stand United for the Sake of the Gospel. He will be addressing the need for unity in our closest relationship, that of husband and wife. You know that if this relationship is messed up, all of the other ones are impacted as well. You'll hear what the Bible has to say about fixing the conflicts in this area. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.